a Facebook. It's nine o'clock. It's Joy Exposed. Playing with all my gadgets. Hi there. So it's nine o'clock. It's Joy Exposed. And you know every week we get started the same way. So let me see where we are and who's on here with me tonight. Hi there. Hey there. So we start the same way each week. And it's with three cheers of joy. You guys know that every episode of Joy Exposed, adult conversation, we talk about everything. All available on SoundCloud. Definitely need followers on SoundCloud. So SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. You can download from any of that and YouTube. And you can definitely go on my website and get anything off of my website. So that's JoycelynWells.com. Oh, this side. There we go right there. So there's my website. Go on my website. It's so much yummy information on there. And so tonight we're going to get started with three cheers of joy. My first celebration tonight is this little thing. Anybody know what this is? It looks like a fork, right? It's a back scratcher. This is the best tool for anybody who lives by themselves. <laughs> So I never, ever thought I would own something like this. But my back always always itches, like, right dead in the middle. And then I find myself, like, getting up against the closet door and shimmying or using a comb or something, trying to brush it. Well, I was in Family Dollar today, and um, they were hanging on a clip strip. And I was like, yes. So I got one for my job and one for home. And I know you guys are like, well, just wash your back. I do wash my back. But sometimes it itches, and it's, sometimes you can't get to. That's right. Sometimes you can't get to that place that itches. And you don't have anybody to scratch it for you. That's okay. Now you do. And it was only a dollar. And it is amazing. So, And it's like a light aluminum, so it's not even heavy. And it's adjustable. Excellent. So anyway, that's my first cheer of joy. And I'm drinking... Um, Elijah Craig uh, Kentucky whiskey. That's my. Um, that's what I'm using to celebrate tonight. Let me read it. Elijah Craig small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I'm drinking out of my 50 Cheers of Joy glass that I got from STM Specialties for my birthday. So cheers to the back scratcher. Yummy. Okay, and also my second cheer of joy this week is for my freedom not in the sense that yeah in my freedom just being able to move the way i want to move and being able to do the things i want to do and say what i want to say i'm thankful for that this week i found myself in some tricky situations some conversations that i'll share with you guys that i know that had i not been in this mind space that I would not have been able to respond the way that I responded. So my second cheer of joy is for my freedom. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's doing the things I want to do, moving the way I want to um, move. So cheers to that. Mm. And my third cheer of joy this week is my fearlessness. Like I, I am not afraid. I'm not afraid to... I'm not, and I, I say this, and I, you guys probably think this about yourselves all the time, but I don't. This is growth for me, and um, I'm so 
thankful for that. That's my third cheer of joy this week is just being fearless, like just knowing that I can do something and not being afraid to do it. Like that just means so much to me and I'm celebrating that this week. So those are my three things that I'm celebrating. My back scratcher, my first one, that's the most important thing. Uh, my tangible thing that I got this week was my back scratcher. And then my freedom, being able to move without fear and being forthright in my steps and comfortable in the decisions that I make without second guessing myself. That takes a lot. It took a lot for me to get there. And, you know, maybe you guys are working on it. Maybe you already have it. Either way, cheers to you and cheers to me. And this is the Eli uh, Elijah Craig Small Batch Whiskey. I have to decide if I like it or not. I probably could have added something to it. Maybe some cherries or some little simple syrup, something. This is a little, and maybe because it's not like the special, uh, the expensive one, you know, they, you know, let the whiskeys age for so long. And so maybe this isn't one of those, but this has a little bite to it. I'm not sure that, um, uh, that I was expecting it. I guess I've been used to drinking some other stuff. And I had some other stuff, but I thought I'd try something different tonight. But anyway, Elijah Craig, small batch, Kentucky whiskey. All right, so those are my three cheers of joy. I hope you guys have some things that you're celebrating this week. And remember your three cheers of joy are just three things that happen in your week that you can stop and be grateful for and be thankful for and just be happy that you were able to experience those things and recognize them in you. They're the things that happen to allow us to remember that we're great. And um, the funny thing is when I go back and listen to the – uh, podcasts when I download them and listen, I always get so tickled because it reminds me of things that I've said in previous weeks. And it makes me really happy that I was able to, um, uh, that I was able to talk about it. So um, that makes me very happy. So I just go back and it's almost like going down memory lane a little bit. Things happen. I'm grateful for it. And I get to hear it again. So it makes me grateful again, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, those are my three cheers of joy. All right. So I'm going to move right on to my Facebook post of the week. Well, first off, let me say hello to you guys. Uh, let's see. I'll start here and come down. Say my hellos. Hi, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you guys so much. Let's see. Hi, Coach Poke. I'm going to always call you that. <laughs> Hi there, Talisha. Hi, Chanel. I'm glad you're on here, Chanel, because your post that you made yesterday is my Facebook post of the week. So I'm going to talk about it in just a second. So I'm glad you're on here. Hi there, beautiful girl. Um, gosh, hi. freedom, definitely something that is taken for granted. That's all right. And I'm glad that you recognize that. And we, I've tried desperately to hold on to it and to remind myself that I am free. And any time that I feel stagnant or feel stuck, it's in my own mind allowing me to exist there or somebody outside of me trying to regulate my movements. And we already know that's not happening anymore. That ship has sailed. Can't do that for me. So whatever. Um, so yeah, hi everybody for joining. Thank you so much. And then let's move on to the Facebook post of the week. So every week I do a Facebook post of the week, just something that got me thinking or got me, put me in a good mind space. And I like to share it because there's so much, I think my timeline has been flooded by like 20 somethings because they talk about some crazy ass bullshit that I'm just 
trying to figure out how do they get on my timeline and why am I looking at their stuff? I really need to like, wish we could put a limit on our friends, like an age limit. Like everybody needs to be at least 35. <laughs> I don't know, but the conversations drive me crazy. So um, the Facebook post this week is by Chanel Step, and she's on here right now. And Chanel is a friend of mine that I met through Facebook, and we've shared just a, just a yummy friendship from afar, but we've been together in a couple situations too. I went up to visit, and um, a couple times I went once when I had a reading up there, and then I went again when my son and I traveled to Canada, and we were able to stay with her and um and her family, so that was really cool. So Chanel posted, never be afraid to rock by yourself. And I didn't realize until maybe a month ago, I got caught up in something and people were talking about how they didn't do stuff by themselves. And I was like, what do you mean you don't do stuff by yourself? Because remember, I've been single for a long time. Um, so I always did stuff by myself. I didn't know that, you know, people had hangups about it. But they're like, they don't go to dinner by themselves or go to the movie or even go to the mall that they got to have their friends with them or they need to travel with somebody. And I didn't have that. For me, I'm like, if I want to do something, I do it. And I don't even make, think questions about it. You know, I don't question it. Um, but that's what her post said, that don't be afraid to do it on your own. And I, I totally agree with that. And I was glad that she posted it because she's taken a, steps on her own to just accomplish some monumental things. She's had challenges. She's uh, also in the classroom and she loves it. And she's a beautiful woman. And she, um, so she's had to move by herself a bit too. And um, just having that spirit of just understanding that my path is my path, my walk is my walk. And I really love that she shared that post. Um, and I'll share it again. I'll put it on my page um, after tonight to say it was my post of the week. And for me, I think when I traveled, I traveled for work by myself for about four years. And I was always somewhere by myself like literally by myself. And I used to be like, well, what am I going to do? You know, but I go in the restaurant and the uh, concierge or um, hostess would be like, well, um, is it just one? Yes. We reserve our tables for the, I'm like, this is who I am. This is who's with me. I would like a table and preferably over there. So put me at a table by the so I buy the window so I can see the scenery in the middle so I can be the scenery, whatever. But I was okay with moving by myself. And, you know, I'm like, you don't get to make a concession or change because I'm one. You know, that doesn't mean I don't get the same priority. And, um, you know, so I would do that. And uh, I went, I go to the movies by myself because I don't, sometimes I do stuff on a whim. I don't think like I'm going to wait for somebody or ask you know, do you want to go to the movie? Now, if I was dating and somebody asked me to go to the movie, then I would be like, yeah, I'll go, you know, if I was dating. But by myself, when um, Jurassic Park, the last one came out, I was like, oh, I didn't know this was out. And I got up and went to the movies, like on a weekday, it was during the summertime, and I went by myself, and the movie theater had a full bar, so I had, like, margaritas at, like, 11 in the morning, and popcorn, and sat there and watched the movie, and I just had a whole party by myself, so 
my movement by myself is fluid. It's not any confusion, and I never have to ask anybody what they want to do. <laughs> so, Chanel, thanks for posting that, and I love to rock by myself. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I've also spent time traveling alone. I've Ooh, I'll, I'll just go if it's something I want to do. I'll just get up and go. Um, yeah, that's not a problem for me. So I don't really have any hangups on it. And if anybody's listening and you have questions or you're trying to figure out what to do, then um, reach out. I'll have a conversation with you and put you in good stead. And um, Coach Polk said, if you can't enjoy your own company, how can you expect someone else to enjoy your company? True, true, true. You are absolutely right about that. And that would be a great conversation when you talk about people and dating and not having a good time. It's because people don't know how to just have fun. Um, and I definitely know how to have fun. That's one of the things that uh, my faceless love says. He's like, you cannot, when we first start dating, he's like, you cannot be this much fun all the time. And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Even by myself, I am. I have a great time. Having fun is important to me. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to have my favorite cocktail. I'm going to if read my favorite book. I'm going to go shoot pool somewhere, find somebody to shoot pool with me there. I go by myself and be like, get on the table, you know. So some of those things you don't need somebody that you know. You run into people, and it just becomes a thing. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Chanel, for the post. I love it. Um, and we'll move on. So don't forget on November 21st, if you're in the Tampa area, I'll be doing my one woman show at the West Main Exchange. So we'll be there for two hours from seven to nine. The link is on Eventbrite so you can get tickets. It's free, it's free. Thank you. Reginald said he loves my hair. Thank you. So um, the West Main Exchange is gonna be free this time. And I figure if I don't have a charge the first few times, I need to get some momentum so I can start charging. So come now while it's free. <laughs> so that's funny to me because I have a I have a issue with charging for me, like charging for the events, what to charge, how to charge. So it was easier for me to say this time it's free. And always because I I just want to share the information that I have, and I haven't been moved to charge anything yet. So that's November 21st at West Main Exchange in Tampa from 7 to 9, and it'll be me. And I guess as the time go by, we got about three more weeks, I'll be able to talk through what the platform is going to look like or the format is going to look like, because I don't necessarily want to do a reading. I want to kind of combine the Joy Exposed style with some interactive crowd stuff and then um, and maybe some information about my book my books but for the most part I'm working on what that format looks like and the owner has literally given me carte blanche he's like whatever you want I trust that you're gonna do it I trust that it'll be sexy fun and I said well you know my stuff can be a little risque he said I know that's why I called you so um, you know so that's my <laughs> so that's what uh, I'm excited uh, about having that so let's see hi Terrence and Vaughn just asked if my forehead was bigger. You know I just made that post about my forehead. You're such an ass. <laughs> but whatever. I don't care. So no, it's not bigger. But my brain is definitely smarter every single day. You're so silly. Anyway, so I'm going to move on. Um, let me tell you a story that happened to me the other day. Um, 
I don't, I, and this goes back to me being fearless and having this freedom because I was in my favorite place, my cigar bar, and um, we were having a conversation. So the conversation somehow started. So the guy sitting next to me used to live in Atlanta. So the converse, we started talking and we started talking about strip clubs. Now, if you've never gone to Atlanta, you don't understand the significance of the strip clubs in Atlanta. They are full of energy. They are powerful. The women are beautiful. They're strong. And of course, I know some of them have their seedy, um, some of them have their seedy kind of feel to them. But for the most part, strip clubs are a lot of fun. And we have a very, people have a very limited view on what happens at the strip clubs. I know before I went, I thought it was just women in there having sex with all the men who came in. So I thought men went for sex. And then when I finally went to the strip club, I realized it was nothing like that. It's just the women in there, they're hustling, they're trying to make money, they have beautiful bodies, and they're dancing. And um, so we were talking about strip clubs. And which one is your favorite? I always say the Blue Flame is my favorite. We talked about several of them. They talked about um, some that were no longer open, some that were closed because of issues, some that were dirty, some that were seedy, where you could go get the yummy, yummy, you know, whatever. So they talked about all that. And, you know, we were just laughing. It was a great conversation. Well, this guy was in there. He'd been in there before. And he was interjecting in the conversation. So first of all, I'm a Georgia peach. So when you start talking negative about Georgia, you need to come with what you're talking about because I'm going to be like, no, that's not true. You know, I'm, I'm going to just dismiss it because, you know, I don't want anybody thinking anything about Georgia because, you know, Georgia's a really nice state and people who are from the area love the area. So that's how I look at it. So um, here we go. So we're talking, he's interjecting different things, talking about how country Georgia was. And, you know, we're laughing because, I mean, there are still some places that are kind of country, which is everywhere because everything is, isn't as modern and forward moving as the city. That's the way it'll always be. There will always be the rural areas, the suburb, the suburbs. That's always going to be because there's always a need for that. There's always a want to raise your family in that area. And then the city becomes something different. So he was just rambling. So I, you know, we had a little interaction, whatever. So when we start talking about the strip clubs, he started talking about the strip clubs and he was talking about how he went in the strip club and the lady was telling him the tip. So I was like, well, why the hell weren't you tipping? And he was like, well, cause I didn't want to tip her. I said, was she dancing for you? And he said, well, she was dancing, but it wasn't for me. She was dancing on, she was dancing somewhere else. So I was like, well, maybe she wasn't talking to you. And he was like, well, I felt like she was talking to me and I didn't want her. I didn't want her. Um, <laughs> she said, I didn't want her fat, ugly self dancing for me. And I was like, all of a sudden I became like, poster child for the strippers. I was like, hold up, why are you talking about this woman? I mean, I'm just saying, I was like, well, don't just say. So we entered, we went back and forth with this and I was trying to explain to him, you went into her place of business and you weren't participating in the activity. You weren't paying. So people come in a place and want to enjoy the, um, 
atmosphere or they want to enjoy the bounty of the beauty around them, but they want a tip, she should have told your ass to tip because you're in there looking around. I can see it because you know when the strippers kind of get agitated when people are in there kind of with the, using them as eye candy, getting what they want and not paying them for being there, right? And we, if you've never been, you don't know. But strippers go to work to make money. They go to make tips. They go to however they're making a living, whatever it is they're doing. That's why they go. The same reason we go to work is the same reason they go to work. Nobody wants to go to work and not make any money, right? So he and I kind of had some words back and forth. And I was like, I, I said, why are you placing judgment on this woman that you don't know, you didn't interact with, and you're just judging her? He said, I'm not judging her. I'm saying she was rude and she was bossy. And not only that, she was ugly and she was fat. And I said, but all these years later and you're speaking in such disdain and you have such animosity in your tone about a situation that was fleeting. He said, well, you don't know you weren't there. And I said to him, I was not there and I'm grateful for that. And he, and I won't, and I won't ever go to the strip club with you. That's not something that I'll ever do. So we kind of went back and forth a little bit, but it really pissed me off. Like I didn't realize, I didn't realize how annoyed I was to hear a man talking negatively about a woman. And I haven't been in that space in a long time. And I was thinking about it after the fact, fact and I asked, Faceless love. I said, hey, was he an asshole or was I an asshole? And I don't, I'll own it if I was. If he would have said it was you, I would own it. But he said, um, well, you know, that's what he likes. He likes the confrontation. He likes to kind of get those little fiery things started. Um, he likes to get those fiery conversations started. And uh, so he was being an asshole. And I said, okay, I just was checking, you know, because I really like to keep a balance on myself. And I know that I can be vicious sometimes. And I could maybe condescending might be a good word for what I do, too, especially when it, it's a man that's talking trash. I try to shut it down quick because I don't like to, I feel like men are so powerful and so men are supposed to be so powerful and so controlled that they not that they aren't allowed to, but because of the level at which they think, there shouldn't be negative thoughts about another human coming from men because men have to see the scope of the world in front of them. And if you get lost in the negativity or putting somebody down or denigrating or trying to hurt somebody with your words, you're definitely not moving forward in your path. So to me, for a man to do that, was totally out of line and pissed me off. And I thought, man, listen, I can't believe that this is the conversation we're having. So eventually, you know, he stopped talking. And I, I even said to him, go ahead and say something else so you can have the last word and we can move on to something else. I was just like, go ahead, because I'm not going to argue with you because you're 50 something years old and you're, you're, in a tizzy about something 30 years ago because you said the stripper was fat and ugly and you weren't tipping to me that says you wanted her attention and she wouldn't give it to you and you were in there um and you were in there and you weren't participating you can't go to somebody's job and not participate you can't go there for a service and not buy the service so that really just annoyed me and i have to um 
I had to kind of think about it to make sure that I was okay with the words I said to him because I always have to forgive myself for stepping out. I have to forgive myself for stepping outside of a space that's comfortable for me. So I realized that I'm very protective of women. I'm protective of women and I don't think there should be, we don't have time to tear women down. Nobody has time for that. And I was just disheartened by it. And it's going to make me look at that man in a different light from now on. So, I mean, if you don't like somebody, you don't like them. But to be calling somebody ugly or calling them fat or that's like grade school. I felt it was like I was having a conversation with a middle schooler, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, this is dumb as fuck. Didn't like it. And I thought I would share that tonight. And that's one thing that people have to remember is that when they have these kind of things with me, that I have a whole podcast. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about their ass on my podcast. Fortunately, I'm not giving up any names, but I'm definitely going to talk about it because it's it's dumb. So um, let's see. Oh, and what I wanted to say is that, and I kind of said this, but hateful words um, are a reflection of who you are. So if you're speaking hateful about somebody else, that's on you. That's you trying to limit, that's your mind limited in what you see. When people talk about somebody being ugly, guess what? None of us chose how we look. Nobody chose that. We weren't in the womb like, ooh, I'm going to have black hair and I'm going to have a nice arched eyebrow. And I'm a, None of us chose that shit. I don't even chose, know who chose that the eyebrows, eyebrows are nice in this arch and not a round arch. Who chose that? Somebody had to choose the thing that looks attractive to all of us. So when we're trying to pick fun or make fun of somebody for something that they have no control over, how they look, that's stupid. That is absolutely stupid. And the thing that's worse is they're fine with how they look, but you're stupid as fuck with what you're saying. That makes people think that you don't know what you're talking about and not to trust it, right? So um, when I was in my negative, when I was in my negative space, and I was, I spent a lot of time in a negative space because of who my, um, you know, where I was at the time. And I've grown and I'm still growing. But when I was in a negative space and I caught myself saying something negative about somebody or thinking something negative, I gave myself a rule. It was called one negative and two positive. So if I thought something negative, I had to think two positive things right behind it. If I said something negative, I had to say two positive things. And that made me work really hard on looking for things that are positive about me and situations. So that kind of helped me to train my brain to forego the negative and to accept as I accepted God created me the way that I am. This is who I am. If I were around here trying to be embarrassed because I got stretch marks or because I got a big forehead, it is a waste of my damn time. That's Part of who I am is the way my genes are set up. That had nothing to do with me. All I can do is look at myself and appreciate the fact that I have a big forehead. Now, I don't know that it's necessarily big. I say that because that's what everybody used to call me, forehead. And then I realized, well, you know, maybe it is larger than some. And maybe it looks a little more pronounced with the way that I wear my hair. But it doesn't change the fact that it's my forehead. Nobody gets to see my brain, but everybody gets to hear what comes out of my mouth and everybody gets to see the work that I do. And, um, and that's the only thing that matters. So, you know, when I started being able to appreciate who I am and, um, how I am and say that I'm brilliant and, and think that I'm beautiful, whether you 
like it or not, this is who I am. And the only person that has to be okay with me is me traveling down my path to being of God's purpose. That's it. I don't have to please anybody else. I only have to please myself because I need to be pleasing in God's eye. So if you look at somebody else and you see something negative, then you, that's on you. That's not on them. They're only being who they're supposed to be. You want them to be something else to make you more comfortable with who you are. And that's fucked up. All right. So having that conversation, it's going to lead me into a... um another conversation, but having that conversation with the guy at the cigar bar made me reflect on the way that I used to get mad and things that happened. I would say things and then I would shut down my conversation because I wasn't bold enough or free enough with my thoughts to have it. And then I would get home and think about it. Do you guys ever do that? You find yourself in a situation and then you get home and you're thinking like, ooh, I should have said this or ooh, I should have said that. Well, those days have passed for me because I say all that shit. I don't even worry about it. Um, I don't even worry about it. I just say what I'm going to say. So, but back years ago, I wouldn't have had the conversation with him because I wouldn't have been bold enough. I wouldn't have been free enough to have it because I would have thought, oh, he's smarter than me, or he knows what he's talking about, or maybe she was ugly, or maybe I wouldn't have been able to have the conversation. But now I'm like, you know what? Shut up. You're stupid. <laughs> That's not nice. I'm sorry. He's not stupid. He's actually a very brilliant man. A lot of facts and he also went to the university of florida so that's two positives for the one negative i just said so um but you know i could be like no i don't agree with that and you shouldn't do that you shouldn't talk negative about people so i'm really proud of my growth in that so um next let's see you guys let's say hi to some folks people joining me hi there who's all born oh Oklahoma. Katie's born from Oklahoma, and so is Coach Polk. Hi, Douglas. I see you're here. Uh, hi, Jay. Hi. He he was very lame. You're right. Oh, wow. 31 years. Katie, I didn't even realize you were 31 years old. You always look so young. <laughs> hi, Marvin and Chris. Uh, yes, Katie, he is an asshole. Hi, Chris. Glad you could join. Hi, Brita, Greg, and Satina. Um, so Chris is thinking he should go strip and hi Javon. Yes. A man has conditioned us to believe what beauty is and we all get caught up in what beauty is. We think because somebody said it looks great. We think so. And, uh, thank you so much Gus for my compliment about my hair. Thank you. Hi Corey. Hi Jessica. Thank you knees. Hi Miss Camilla. Hi Gus. <laughs> And uh, let's see, and Troy Lindley just joined. So I think I saw more people that joined earlier and I missed it. Hi there, Oscar Brinson. I think that's Braun. Hi, Christy. Uh, Jason, I saw you. Hi, Dawn. Oh, yeah, Miss Barnett. I know we, you and I talked about that, doing a lot of stuff by yourself and um, the fact that you're a widow, so you get out there and do it on your own. I definitely appreciate you contributing that. Thanks, Terrence, for drinking your 1800. I really appreciate you. And hi, Viandi, for joining as well. All right, so let's see, it is 9.32. We shall keep it moving. All right, so have you guys read my blog? It's some sexy, sexy stuff on my blog. 
I figured out how to use it, right? So my blog is on my website, joycelynwells.com, and I've been writing in it more often because I couldn't really figure out how to use it. You hear people talk about their blog, but and I had one, and I would use it occasionally, and mainly when I was in Italy, but I realized that the blog is the place that I need to go when I'm in this extended thought process about something. So I have my blog. You can go to my website, right? And it's called the Blog of Whimsy. It means I can just put anything in there. There's um some really sexy stuff, an open letter that I wrote to my faceless love. Uh, so there's a category for that. There's a category about my books. I talked about my books and um, the reason behind them and why I'm a writer and how I became a writer. So all of that is in my blog. And if you haven't gone on there to read some, if you haven't gone on there to read some, then go ahead and read it and check it out. It's really good stuff. I'm very proud of it. And I think the more that I write, the more fluid I become in my words and the and I become bolder in my words, right? And I think earlier this week, I had a blog entry that talked about when someone told me they thought I was sexually aggressive. And, you know, that didn't last because I was sexually aggressive. I, I'm sexual, I carnal by nature. I love to uh, make love, I love to be touched. And I talked about that in my blog. And there was a guy that I was dating and that was his way of trying to put himself in control of our sex life to be able to say to point out to me that I was sexually aggressive and that um, to make me do something different. And I tried and then I ended up cheating on him. I mean, hell, how long can you wait? But anyway, it's a great blog post. I wrote about it and that's under face, the category of faceless love because I talk about him a little bit in the article too. And just talking about how you don't have to change who you are for somebody to love you. You be who you are. And as a woman, what I found out, you be who you are and the man who's capable of loving you, all he does is love you. He doesn't have to convince you. He doesn't have to change you. He doesn't want you to do anything different. He wants you to do exactly what you're doing. And he is completely capable of the woman that you are. And he will love you. And if he wants to be the sexual aggressor or he wants to be in a position that you're helpless or you submit or whatever the position is, he naturally takes the reins. You don't give it to him. So that's a lot. I learned, I've definitely learned a lot over the past several years. And the one thing that I know is you never, ever, ever change who you are to make somebody else happy, that you have to be your complete self so that someone can love you honestly and get to know you, right? And that's, um, especially for women, that's one of the things that we have to know because we're so quick to switch it up to try to make somebody else happy. And that's not even necessary. Be yourself, walk your path, be honest, be authentic. And the people who are capable of loving you will absolutely love you. And the people who can't love you and they'll never be able to love you will try to get you to bend and mold to their box of existing. They'll try to get you to change something about you so you'll, fix, you'll fit into this little place that they can access you. And that's not the way it goes. So shout out to all the men out there who aren't afraid to love, who aren't afraid to be men, who aren't afraid to take that role of the powerful one who can see the situation unfold in front of you and can appreciate everything that your woman is and everything that she can be and to support her dreams and to move her forward. Shout out to those men. Shout out to those men. So I absolutely love that. Um, good for you guys. So my cousin's here. Hi, Sherry. I love you too. That's right, Corey. Growth and maturity. 
absolutely growth and maturity and you were growing up you know we've been out of school for years with i'm no i'm 50 so you know you look you read posts and you hear people in their conversation and you realize like what's the point of all that you know like grow up go be yourself if you can't be comfortable being you you're definitely not going to be comfortable being somebody else <laughs> anyway y'all know i'm silly so go to my blog and read my blog it's joycelynwells.com it's called the blog of whimsy it's under yummy extras so if you go to yummy extras it'll come down and then also at the bottom across the first page you can select it from there and just go in and read it there's some great pictures and um just a lot of fun getting in there and airing things out so i love it all right do, do, do. okay so now we are at my uh woman crush wednesday and my woman crush wednesday is a friend of she was a friend of my mom's right when my mom was little i mean not when my mom was little <laughs> when i was little she was a friend of my mom's and she used to come around and I call her my auntie. Her name is uh, Tina Letbetter and she lives in Chattanooga. And I chose her as my Woman Crush Wednesday today is because from the very moment since I was a little girl, I remember she's always been there really supportive of me and always encouraging me. And then I didn't talk to her for years. And then once we connected on Facebook and, um, I wrote my book and she was there. She read it immediately. As soon as it was published, she read it. She offered comments. She even left a review. And she never, never, ever said, oh, Joycelyn, that's a lot of information out there. She talked about how powerful it was. She talked about how proud of me she was. And I just really appreciate her because I don't think that as adults, we realize the significance, the roles are of the people that are our friends the roles that they play in our children's lives when they come around. Because if they don't, if they're not around us anymore, if you guys aren't friends anymore and you go on, it doesn't mean they impacted your child's life any less, but there's an expectation that the child is supposed to be okay with the absence of this person. And this woman is a person that I always remember. She was so sweet. She had two sons. Um, Peter and Alton, and Peter was older than me and Alton was younger. So they were my playmates and um, I just loved her. She's still the sweetest personality. And when I went to Chattanooga last year, I got last winter, I got a chance, opportunity to see her just briefly. She came out and met us and I got to hug her and we took a picture together. And I just to tell her how much I appreciate her. And that's Fatima Ledbetter. She is my woman crush Wednesday. And you know, she's a friend of my mom's and uh but she's a mentor to me and she's always been a woman that's just a great woman so i really appreciate her and um i love the fact that she's so supportive so here we go last 20 minutes so we talked about uh don't forget to go to my blog and i'm still holding on to my back scratcher y'all see i love it i keep it right by my bed all right so here's a let me tell you about this you guys know I've been divorced since 2000 and what year is this? This is 2019. So I've been divorced since 2007. I guess 2007. I can't remember. 2006, 2007. Let me think. My son is maybe 2006, but whatever. I've been divorced for a long time. So my ex-husband and I really don't have a lot to talk about other than the kids or our son. So, you know, we don't. 
we don't have any issues because ain't no issues. Hell, he's gone and remarried and happy and I'm gone and I'm happy, you know, so we just deal when it comes to the kids. Well, let me tell you about him. Pissed me off last night. That's why I have to remind people, don't call me with crap when you know I have a whole radio show because you know I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I just am because this is my therapy. I talk the shit out, figure out what the what I'm going to do. Well, anyway, he called me last night and uh, I answered the phone. You know, I know it's him because I see his name and I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey. I was like, hey. He said, I just want to talk to you for a minute. So I'm like, okay, what? Well, I'm not trying to start anything. And you know, when somebody says some shit like that, you already like, okay, don't make me hang up on you. That's what I was thinking. So I was like, all right, look, just say it. I'm a big girl. Just say what the hell you're going to say. You're wasting my time. He says, I'm trying to figure out what you were thinking when you let the kids call you Joycelyn. And I said, what? Well, the kids call you Joycelyn, and I want to know what your rationale behind that is. I said, well, first of all, uh, more times than not, the kids call me mom or mommy. But if they do, by chance, call me Joycelyn, it doesn't matter to me. I didn't think about it, so there's no rationale. I don't care. He says, well, they tried to do that with me, and I demanded they call me uh, dad and not to call me by my name. I'm, so I'm like, well, good for you. So he goes on this whole tirade about this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. He, and then he says, well, um, what? Am, why is uh, Jasmine? That's my daughter. Why is she asking if we're gonna, if we can babysit Ariel? That's my grandbaby. This weekend, I said she needs help. She's got to work. She needs somebody to babysit. She asked us both. Well, why does she ask me? I said because I'm with her often. She wants to make sure you have access. You know, y'all know I'm rational in my thoughts. Like I'm trying to talk this out. He goes on talking about how he's already raised his kids and he's not raising anybody else's kids and blah, 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 blah. And I was sitting there like, did you just really call me about this whole thing about the kids calling you dad and how important that is to you? But when they need, when she needs you to watch the baby for an afternoon, you can't. So you want the title, but you don't want the responsibilities that go along with the role. I was so annoyed. And that's funny because I'm sitting here thinking how pissed off I was in the conversation last night. But now I'm saying it over and I'm like, that was just really stupid. I wish I wouldn't have even given it any energy, but I did. And that just goes to show that what kind of control he had over me during the time that we were dating, he, how much control he had over me during the time that we were dating. And I almost reverted back to allowing him to have that negative control over me. But it didn't happen. So I'm really pleased about that. And I'm glad I'm talking about it now because it definitely makes me feel better. So if in my episode I did a few weeks ago, so that was that. Look, I'm over that already. That was just dumb. And I let it get me all fired up. And it's not even worth it. So anyway, for in an episode, I'll continue. In an episode that I did a few weeks ago, I talked about the role that parents play in the lives of their children. Because I... I don't know that I'm not supposed to support my children. I feel like that and not support them like carry them, but when they need guidance, when they need something, if I can help them, point them in the direction. That's my role as a parent. I truly believe that. Otherwise, what would be the fucking point of being a parent? Hey, Steph, what would be the point of being a parent if you're, you're not supposed to provide guidance? So I think that 
God chooses us as a vessel to bring these people into the onto the earth that he needs to be of his purpose. There's the only thing that's special about us and allowing these people to travel through our bodies is that we have the skill set that he needs to get these people to where they need to be. That's the only thing significant about us bringing these kids here. There's nothing more than that. Not that he thinks we're going to be a good parent, not that he favors us over somebody else. All he knows is the skill set that we're supposed to get along our path, something from that is going to be able to benefit the person that we bring through our bodies to this earth. That's our, that's the only reason we're chosen. Now, if we're chosen to bring these people three, for me, it was three. I have three children, three different personalities, three diff, completely different people. I brought them through my body. I have to recognize that whatever each one of them needs, I have, will either collect at some point or I've already collected to get them to a place of being independent and moving along their path, right? That's the way I think. So I don't know that I'm not supposed to support my children. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know that. All I know is that I was chosen as a vessel to bring them on this earth. That's what. And the things that they need are the things that I'm supposed to be able to give. Maybe they're financial things. Maybe they're not financial things. I'm supposed to give them the tools to stand on their own, to make their own living, to find their own way, to get on their path, to believe that they are of purpose and to walk forward to collect what they need to become God's purpose. That's my role as a mom. I'm not supposed to berate them, beat them up, beat them down, kick them while they're down, torture them. The world, your path does that enough shit. You don't, society kicks your ass, so why do you need your ass kicked in the house? Like, why do you get beat up in your house and you get beat up outside your house? The house isn't the place that you're supposed to get beat up. So when I have this conversation with my ex-husband about the fact that he's already raised his kids, we ain't gonna have that conversation. But when he's telling me that he's done doing what he's gonna do, I can only think that he's flaking out on what his responsibilities are to the fact that he was chosen to bring these people into the world, right? He was chosen to give them what they needed to get here. He's also responsible for seeing them through adulthood when they need, whether it's a conversation, a push, a pep talk, support, whatever. That's our role as a parent. So I don't like when parents don't or when parents cut, not cut the cord. We have to cut the cord. There's a thin line between getting your children to a point of taking care of themselves and like throwing them out of the nest, right? I don't like when parents don't give what they're supposed to give to take care of the children. If you what your children need, give it to them when they need it. What they need at seven, what they need at eight, what they need at eight months. Whenever they need it, you're supposed to provide them with the emotional and mental health needs so that they can grow up to be well-balanced, functional adults. So that bothers me. So that's part of the reason I got fired up with my um, ex-husband last night. Because my grandchildren 
are an extension of my children who are an extension of me. So we're all connected and we'll always be connected as I'm connected to my mom and my grandmother and my great grandmother. There is a lineage and we're all connected. So there's a lot of different things that are passed down between us, but there's growth that has to happen to all of us. And we'll all grow different because we're growing in a different time. So I provide what I can for my grandchild. I don't try to take the role of mom I will not be in that role. I don't tell my daughter how to raise her child because I don't know what she's what she sees in raising her. So I don't take that over. And I've said that from the beginning. I'm the grandmother and I will maintain that role as the grandmother. Now, as for my children, I'm the mom. So I'm there for the conversations, whatever the conversation is, whatever the support is but I'm not to cripple them and I'm not to fix it for them. I'm to help them get to a place of being able to fix it on their own, right? So everything is kind of a trickle down effect. I don't understand how people can find joy. I know that people don't find joy when they forsake their children, when they turn away from their children, when they deny their children the tools that are innate of them to move forward. Now, for me, I also have to consider the amount of support that I need. Where does my support come from? And I thought about that for years. One of the big questions I used to ask was, if I'm taking care of you and you're taking care of you, who's taking care of me? It's those kind of things that you flip back on years later and you realize my marriage was doomed from the beginning. If I'm taking care of you and you're taking care of you, Who's taking care of me? Well, no one was taking care of me. And then I realized I'm supposed to take care of me. That's I'm my primary goal until someone can come along and take care of me. Otherwise, I am responsible for my health, mental, physical, emotional. I'm responsible for it. No one else is going to take the lead on that. I have to be able to remove myself from situations when they suck. I have to teach my children to remove themselves from situations when they suck, when the situation sucks, right? We have to be able to teach our children how to deal in self-preservation. We've got to be able to teach our children to be responsible for themselves. We can't say, oh, you're 18, you got it. What if they don't have it? What if we haven't taught, given them what they needed up until 18, right? So we all struggle with trying to figure out where we are. So now that I'm aware that my self-preservation is me, my self-preservation is my responsibility. I don't look to anybody else. I can interact with people all around, but I'm responsible for me and my happiness. I have to teach my children that, and they have to teach their children that. That's the role of the parents. But when we walk out of our children's lives or we throw them out to the wolves and then we're disappointed when they're eaten by the wolves, that's on us. We're, we are somewhat responsible for putting them out too early, right? So let's see. Hi there, Joey. Joey says, my ex still owes well over $30,000. Without God, I don't know how I would have done it. My children are amazing. They have no relationship with their dad, not because of me, but because of his own doing. You know what, Joey? That's absolutely right. My, I've said I had to tell my ex 
years ago. You can't call me bitch to our children. You can't talk about me to my children because they're going to grow up and know us. They will know who we are and they will figure out all of the things that you're saying aren't true. So we can't get stuck in that trying to be hurtful and hateful about the other parent because they get to know us. They grow up and they make their own they make their own choices. Thank you so much for sharing that. So we have to realize that we are the only person that's going to get us to a place that we need to be, in other words, right? We're the only person. It's our path. No one else sees our path. And if we get to interact with people and love and share intimately along our path, that's just extra blessings along the way. But they're not responsible for us being or getting to where we are. And a lot of times we lay that responsibility on them. And we look at our partners and our spouses and say, well, I'm not happy and you should do this and da 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 and you're not doing this and da da da. And as soon as you start pointing out what somebody else isn't doing, you might as well shut that shit down. Because they can't do it, it's on you. They don't see your path, they don't know what's gonna make you happy. And anything that they do is temporary. It's happiness for that moment. It's not anything that's going to be long-lasting unless you have found your own happiness and it sustains it and it adds to it. But no one's going to make that. No one's going to make that concession for you. No one can make you happy. That's your. That's uh, that's on you. So if you know that you are unhappy and you're looking for your spouse or your partner to make you happy, well, how would you even give them that? How could you give them that responsibility to make you happy? How could you put that on them? They're a human too. They're literally a human like you're a human. The only path that they have access to is their own. They don't know anything about you. They know what you've told them. And if you're my age and you meet somebody, they'll only know a piece of who you are. So much stuff that's happened, they'll never be able to go and un flip over, overturn every rock and see what's under there. They're only guessing on what's, how to make you happy based on their experiences. So I just wanted to share that when you start thinking about what your responsibilities are to your children and your responsibilities to yourself. If you're taking care of yourself, everything else is going to trickle down. Your kids will get what they need. You get what you need. That's how that works. And you send them along their path. But when you start turning your kids away because they're asking for too much or they're not doing this, you have to go back and reflect at what point did you miss that lesson. We have to own that. At what point did I miss teaching my child how to solve their own problems? When did I... When did I can start solving their problems that now they don't know how and they come to me to solve their problems? I don't want that shit. My kids know that. I need y'all to grow up. <laughs> I need y'all to be adults. So I tell them all the time, 
they'll say, well, they used to say don't say it anymore. I've got a problem. And I tell them there's no problems, only solutions. Let's, what should, tell me what the issue is. I'll talk you through some solutions. What do you see happening? What do you want to happen? I'll go through. I've had that conversation hundreds of times. So now at 26 and 23 and 16, by the time they're ready to come talk to me about it, they've already made a decision. They might want to bounce it off of me just to see how I feel about it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with them bouncing a conversation off of me. What I would have a problem with is them coming to me to fix it. I don't want to fix it. It doesn't even matter. It literally doesn't matter to me. It's their life, their choices, their path, right? So I don't, um, I don't, offer, their, I don't offer judgments where their path is concerned because I don't know where they're going. The only thing that I offer them is love, patience, understanding, freedom, and to be fearless, right? I offer them the things that I have found for myself and hopefully one day they can attain them. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's Joyce Lynn Wells with Joy Exposed. And don't forget, you can download any of the videos on, oh, the audio on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, so I'm on all of the major platforms. YouTube videos are up. You can go to YouTube, follow me there. Follow me anywhere, everywhere. I'll take all of it. I need all the support I can get to try to get the messages across and to share. And if you're in Tampa on November 21st, don't forget to come to the West Main Exchange. There's a link for Eventbrite where you can go in and reserve your ticket, but remember, it's free. So um, if you're in Tampa on the 21st, I'd love for you to come join me. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm nervous about it, trying to put it together because I've never done anything like that before. And um, thanks to Chanel Step for her Facebook post of the week. Never be afraid afraid to rock by yourself. And maybe this week you guys will do something by yourself. Do something fun and be ready to share next week. I'll ask about it. Who did something alone? So that should be a lot of fun to find out. And um, and you know, don't say try not to say any negative things about people. If you say something negative, say two positives. That helps you to become a better person. It helps you to focus more on yourself and moving along your path and to not get caught up in somebody else's shortcomings that what you've deemed a shortcoming because your, your knowledge is limited. God hasn't given you everything. You can't see everybody's path, so there's no reason to make those judgments. And as far as you loving your kids, love them. Love your kids and teach them. They have to grow up. They've got to navigate this whole world on their own. Now we had to navigate the neighborhood and maybe the next state. Our kids are truly growing up in a global community and they have access to people in a way that I would have never dreamed of. The I only access through books, right, through reading. And now we have to make sure that the tools we give them are the tools that's going to sustain them. And God trusted us to do that. So it's Joycelyn Wells at Joy Exposed. And as always, you've spent this hour with me. And you could have been doing anything else, but you're doing me. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. See you guys next week. Bye.